Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. Guys, this is another episode from the Chickenlandia archives. They're kept um, secure in a vault under the Chickenlandia coop. (laughs) I'm just kidding, or am I? (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about vent gleet. We're going to talk about first aid for chickens. We will talk about egg production and many more things having to do with our wonderful friends the chickens. I'm doing these bonus episodes because, uh, as you guys know, I have moved recently and the internet out here uh, in the boonies of Washington is not as good as it was before. So I'm putting together some of these bonus episodes for you guys. I hope that you enjoy them. Now, folks, after you listen to this episode, what you might want to do is check out my favorite chicken supply business. It is called My Favorite Chicken. You can find them at myfavoritechicken.com. They're just my favorite. They've got feed. They've got cute chicken things. They've got supplies. And they even have like this really cool first aid kit for chickens that has, you know, all the basic things in it. So um, I'm going to leave a link for them in the the show notes, and you can check them out. That is myfavoritechicken.com. So without further ado, here's the episode. So I did get some questions this week, and I'm just going to dive right into them. If you have a question, um, if you can post it in all caps, then hopefully I will see it. Just remember, uh, this is a one-woman show. (laughs) Thank goodness for my moderators, but I'm here and I don't have anybody like getting questions and putting them in front of me. So if I miss your question, I'm sorry. Please uh, submit them and then I will totally get them and answer them via my website, welcometochickenlandia.com. So let's get started. Uh, Terry R., asked a question last week. Actually, um, she saw my most recent video, how many chickens should you get? (laughs) And um, the comments in that on that video are so funny because everybody's talking about chicken math. (laughs) And we all know those of us that have chickens, we know how easy it is to fall prey to the evil 
chicken math talons. <laughs> they grab you and you end up with way more chickens than you thought. So Terry watched that video and she told me that um, she's experiencing right now what happens when you have too few hens. So what I'm guessing is, is that she has not enough hens for the amount of roosters that she has. So depending on the kind of rooster you get, you are wanna, you're going to want to probably have about eight hens per rooster. So, and sometimes it's hard to have those numbers because we know that roosters are born. And uh, that's why I always say have a plan. If you're going to hatch out eggs or if you're going to go and, and get straight run chicks, which means they haven't been sexed, just make sure that you have a plan for those extra roosters because it's not good when you have too many roosters in your flock. I got a question. Spur wounds under both wings. Yeah, that, so that would be rooster damage. Little Nugget is in my basement. So she her, her little chicken Nugget ha- got an injury from a, a rooster being too, um, too much of a jerk. <laughs> so uh, any remedies you can suggest to help her heal? So what I would suggest is uh, first off to go and watch my video called Sick Chicken Action Plan. And even though I'm focusing on sick chickens in that video, it's a really good protocol to follow if you have a chicken that's in shock, a sick chicken, or a chicken that has been injured. So what what I want you to do is bring her inside, and it sounds like she's already inside. Get her warm give her something yummy to eat, something with protein that's very nutritious. Give her vitamin, probiotic, electrolyte water. And, you know, make sure that she doesn't have, she's just in a quiet spot where she can heal. And then since it's a, there's a physical injury on her, I would say you will want to clean the wound and then put some type of antibacterial um, ointment on her or maybe, some colloidal silver spray. I've definitely used that before. You could use raw honey as well. So yeah, clean her up, get, get something on her that is going to help her heal. Uh, if you get, uh, any kind of antibiotic or any, uh, antimicrobial kind of ointment, you're going to want to make sure it doesn't have painkiller in it because, uh, that is said to be not good for chickens. Um, and then the other thing I do, because I do use homeopathy, is I use a remedy called Arnica. And um, Arnica is a very popular homeopathic remedy. And in fact, you can find it in lots of different products. It's great for bruising, pain, and also for shock. And a lot of times when a chicken has been injured, it's also, um, that's really sometimes where the danger is because chickens are so resilient when it comes to wounds and injuries But if they go into shock, then um, sometimes they'll stop eating and they'll just kind of lose their zest for life and literally starve to death or die of thirst. So uh, we don't want that. So hopefully um, just one pellet, uh, Arnica, there's a company uh, called Boyron. It's probably the biggest homeopathic company here in the States. And they have like these little blue vials. You can find them at your health food store, at Whole Foods. Sometimes, depending on where you live, you might even be able to find them at Walgreens or Rite Aid. And Arnica 30C is what you want. So the 30C is is the potency of the homeopathic. And I will just take 
a couple pellets, put it in their water for like the first day and then watch them. If they seem like they're improving, you don't want to dose them again. Um, and I just want to mention I'm not a licensed veterinarian or a homeopath. So definitely, especially with an injury, you will, you know, the best case scenario would be for you to consult with a professional about that. But I know that a lot of times that's just not an option for many people. So I do offer options with the uh, disclaimer that I am not a veterinarian always. So that's what I would do. Good luck with that, Terry. If you have any more questions, feel free to contact me uh, via my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. I got a question from Big Dreams Homestead. We love Big Dreams Homestead and Chickenlandia. I have a hen question for you, she says. I was recently told that a hen produces only a certain number of eggs in their lifetime. So if we add a light to their coop in the winter months when they are one to two years old, they will produce more eggs that year, but less eggs when they are older. Any idea if that's true? So I say, I always say chickens have two lives. They have their laying life and they have their actual life. And if you push them to lay, their laying life will be shorter and it is also a possibility that their actual life will be shorter. And you see this definitely with um, eggs that are, I mean, chickens that are bred for production. They, you know, they're layers and they lay every day a nice big egg. Um, but they, te- they usually don't live as long as, let's say, a little bantam that wasn't uh, bred that way and lays eggs once a week, like all my chickens. <laughs> so... Yes, their laying life will be shorter. And I am not against supplementing light because I do realize that there are people that are like, hey, you know, I can't just have chickens as pets. They need to offer something in return to make this situation um, sustainable. And that is um, 100% understandable to me. I totally get that and I support that. Uh, I think that if you need to supplement light, it is best to give your chickens a natural dusk if you can. So you want to add that light in the morning and then give them a natural dusk. Um, And and, uh, that's what I have to say about that. My chickens definitely take a break in the month. Right now I get one egg a day. <laughs> okay, so I found a, a new channel this week, uh, Christina's Corner. She is a delightful new YouTuber, and she has a channel that's uh, all about her pet chickens. So if you have a moment, please check that out. It's it's um, a great channel. She's got She's got lots of knowledge, and she's ready to share it. So Christina asked an interesting question. She said... Have you ever had any experience with vent gleet? If so, what did you do about it? So vent gleet is a basically a yeast infection that chickens will get in their intestinal tract. And a way that you can tell that they have it is that they will have like a, a, a white kind of discharge coming from their vent. They usually have a lot of fecal matter coming out of their vent. 
they could be uh, pretty red and swollen, maybe some white patches, and it doesn't smell great. <laughs> as you can as you can imagine, it's a uh, it's it's pretty noticeable, um, and definitely they will not be feeling great and you will likely be able to tell that they do not feel great. Um, they might be kind of depressed in a corner, wings droopy, not wanting to eat. And sometimes it can be systemic. So not only will they have this infection in their vent, but they will, they can also get it in their crop and that's called sour crop. So it's definitely not a comfortable thing for a hen and sometimes roosters uh, to experience this. I would start uh, once again by following the Sick Chicken Action Plan. I am going to put the link to that video in the description. Just get them inside, get them comfortable, give them something yummy to eat that isn't, you don't want to be giving them like fruit or bread or anything right now, you know, if they're experiencing vent gleat, you want to hold off on that. Just give them a nice treat. And you're going to want to supplement uh, with probiotics. So you can do, there's of course products, chicken products uh, that include probiotics. There's uh, many electrolyte vitamins, probiotics, blends out there. So You bring them in, and a lot of people at this point will give whole plain yogurt, and you definitely don't want it to have any sweeteners and no artificial sweeteners in it either. You just want the full-fat plain yogurt. For something like Ventgleet, I might uh, graduate that to a product that is human-grade, and it is called BioK, I think. (laughs) Chris, I didn't write it down. Um, it is a very concentrated, uh, like a yogurt product. It's, it's just a very, very concentrated um, product with tons of probiotics in it. And it's made for like if, if someone is experiencing uh, candida, then, you know, it would be a really good thing for humans and for chickens, I, I may graduate to that if I was dealing with Ventgleet. And then I'll, I'll find the, uh, you know, I'll be 100% sure of the name of it. <laughs> and it's in a little, it's like a little white bottle with a green top. Um, and if, you, if that's not available in your area, you would have to get that at, at a health food store. If it's not available in your area, whole plain yogurt is fine. I've also given my chickens human-grade probiotics. I would just open a capsule and put it into their feed. So, but I will put that link in the description. So the thing about Ventgleet is that it is definitely a signal that something else is uh, very probably going on with your chicken. So at some point, their flora got disturbed and the uh, candida got, the candida yeast got very overactive in their system and that usually doesn't happen unless something made it happen. So you would want to make sure that you're practicing good husbandry. Make sure they have clean water. Make sure their coop is clean. Make sure they're not eating moldy food or uh, wet food that's been sitting around that's not fermented, but wet f- feed. 
Uh, you may want to add apple cider vinegar to their water as kind of a daily maintenance thing. Um, but you don't want to put apple cider vinegar in a, in a um, metal water. Always remember that. Uh, put it in a plastic water. So, or if you have ceramic, that would be fine too. So, yeah, if you can. And I know this is not a possibility for many people, as I said before. It would be great to get a proper diagnosis if, you know, things like vent gleat, the way that it presents, it could also be something else. And vent gleat will not respond to antibiotics. In fact, chickens can get vent gleat from taking antibiotics. So, but other issues like, you know, an infection inside that's caused by an egg that was broken or some other type of infection going on can present like vent gleat. So in that case, you would need antibiotics possibly to save that chicken's life. So in the best case scenario, a veterinarian's diagnosis would be great. Then you know what you're dealing with. If not, I would start with something natural first to see if it helps and then uh, go from there. Um, and just make sure that your chicken, you know, that you're doing everything that you need to do to make sure that their water is clean, to make sure that their environment is clean so that it's not a recurring issue. And certainly if you have a chicken that is getting it over and over again, or if you can't get rid of it, then even just getting, um, sometimes if vets will not see chickens, even just getting a fecal sample, you might be able to get a fecal test done to see, you know, whatever you can find out from that and whatever they offer. Uh, but I do realize it's tough. Here in Bellingham, Washington, there's a chicken vet on every corner. <laughs> not really, but uh, compared to many other places, we've got lots of chicken vets and in other places it's just not even you know never mind being able to afford it it's not it's not offered so i get that and you know we just we do what we can so um i hope that answered those questions and then oh, along the river home says says they need a website for vets that work on chickens i have had no luck with a vet that does chickens you know yeah they need a national chicken vet website. They do. You know, sometimes if you can find vets that work on exotic birds, they might see a chicken or at least advise you in some way. All right. I know I had a question and now I cannot even remember it. And I am looking for it right now. Is it okay to give your chickens old bread in general? So I I have definitely given my chickens bread. Um, it really depends on how you are doing it. There are many ways to feed chickens. Of course, optimally, they would not be getting much bread in their diet. And most of their food would come from their chicken feed. And that way, you know, they are getting a, a balanced diet. But it's interesting that you ask this because um, I, I was actually in a, in a discussion on Facebook <laughs> About feeding chickens, there are chickens, many chickens, living in the United States and certainly living all over the world that are totally surviving and doing well on 
compost, whatever we throw away, not garbage, but obviously, (laughs) but, um, you know, our food scraps. And in fact, for a really long time, uh, you know, that was the huge part of our relationship with the, with the chicken is that they ate what we wasted and then they foraged for the rest. So I really hesitate to say, you know, bread is bad. Don't give any bread to your chickens because, you know, it really depends on how you're doing it. I, I, I started watching a channel, um, Edible Acres recently, and they are, have like a, a permaculture set up with their chickens. Um, they're using permaculture uh, philosophy. And I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> Practices. And they their chickens are living on compost. And they are sprouting grain in that compost. And those chickens are happy. And they're healthy. So I assume bread is part of that compost if they're, if they're eating bread. So I think it just depends. I personally would not give my chickens molded bread. If they live in a, in a run, like if they're in a confined environment, uh, like my chickens are, my chickens live in a, in a big run. They don't have a lot of, you know, a huge space. They don't have acres to free range on. I do not, I have to be careful because the more confined your chickens are, the more likely they are to eat something that they really shouldn't eat because you gave it to them. If they're free ranging, then they have more, uh, they seem to retain more of that um, kind of instinct to avoid things that aren't as good for them. So that's something to keep in mind. And and I think that explains why uh, sometimes chickens that are, you know, eating compost where mold might be part of the equation, they do okay because they, they generally, when someone has that kind of setup, they have more space. And then you might have someone that's like, oh my gosh, my chickens ate mold and now they're really sick or they died or whatever. And in that situation, they're not as, they are, they don't have as much space. So they probably ate something they weren't supposed to. So that is my very long-winded answer to that question. (laughs) Balance. It's all about balance. Sebastian says, I think chickens eating compost are most likely to be healthy, right, Aunt Dahlia? They can be. They can be very healthy. It can be a really great system. And I've seen chickens really thrive in it. Um, I have a lot of people that will argue with me about that. And in fact, um, you know, somebody was really arguing with me about it earlier today. But my interest is will always be to keep chicken keeping accessible to people. And, uh, you know, my great grandmother raised chickens before there was chicken feed and the chickens ate tortillas and beans and, you know, whatever the family didn't eat. And they they foraged. And I think that if we want to keep chicken keeping accessible and we want it to be something that can be practiced by people in all economic, by people living in all economic levels, then we need to be able to accept that sometimes people are going to do it differently. And so even though I feed my chickens a very high quality feed and I keep them a certain way, I have the Chickenlandia way, but that's not the only way. 
And so I always I always try to remind people of that. All right, guys, I want to thank all of you for joining me today. Please check out the channels of my wonderful moderators. I'm going to put their links in the description. They're very helpful to me, and they all have awesome channels. Thank you to everyone who asked a question. And remember, you can submit your questions to Bok Talk Live via my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. Go to the contact page, and it says right there, there's a little pull down, drop down menu, and it says, ask a chicken question. <laughs> so you can do that, and I will get it and be happy to answer it for you. Um, if I somehow missed your question, keep submitting because I'm listening and it's important to me. All right, guys, thank you so much. We will see you next time. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.